When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. It's not just Judd's Hockey Show, Uh uh-uh. It's playoff Judd's Hockey Show, which is the only thing better than regular season Judd's Hockey Show, and the only thing that makes it better than that is Jesse Pierce is along for the ride today. It's Judd, it's Declan, it's Jesse. Game one, Monday night in Dallas. We're very excited. And I have for you two a series of questions that I spent hours Hours on the weekend putting together. Hours? Um, actually, actually, it took me about, I don't know, a couple of seconds. But anyway, <laughs> they're great questions. They're fantastic questions about this series, about what we are uh, about to see. We will finish with predictions, guys. Uh, but uh, let's get right to it because um, this is the best time of the year. If you're a hockey fan, no question about it. So, Jesse, we will start with you. What is your single greatest confidence? Going into the Wild Dallas series, what are you the most confident about when it comes to the Wild? The Minnesota goaltending, and I know that's something that I think still shocks me to this day that I have turned the corner completely. I was so critical of goaltending last year. I was critical at the beginning because Philip Gustafson, who the heck is this guy? What is he going to bring? He's a bona fide backup, yada, yada. I was rightfully wrong, um, and it's not even just Philip Gustafson, obviously, I, he is the lead in my mind. He is your 1A, Marc-Andre Fleury, your 1B. But together, it's a tandem that's going to work. And I love the confidence Dean has given us in the media by saying he's going to use that rotation. They've used it all year long. They have almost equally used both players all year long. Philip Gustafson, 39 starts. Second best goaltender behind Linus Allmark in the league. How do you not appreciate that? But again, then you have Marc-Andre Fleury with a completely different style of goaltending throw him in the series and throw Dallas off. I mean, I'm so excited to watch how this tandem works together during the series. Not like we saw last year against St. Louis, but actually using that as a rotation because that is a recipe for success. That is Minnesota's strongest point of contention without question. Look at you. Yeah. I know. Look, look at Jesse Pierce a year ago, <laughs> just a doubter, just a naysayer, very Judd like. And now, yeah. now she thinks the goaltending is fantastic, which it might be. Uh, so my biggest strength, I know this sounds a little weird, and, and by the way, we are recording this the morning of uh, before Game 1 drops and about 12 hours after recording this, um, and Joel Erickson X status is now like honestly questionable, I guess, after what we thought was going to be completely out. But uh, regardless, I think with Eck in, this will help, and with Eck out, I'm, I'm not that concerned. I, I think they are playing playoff hockey here. I think they know their style a little bit more. And I know this has been a up and down thing situation where sometimes they have players play out of their position or out of their skis a little bit and 
and they're playing like they have a little bit more skill, which drives Judd absolutely AWOL, and I'm sure I'll get like 17 text messages through the course of the game <laughs> when Frederick Goudreau's trying to stick handle in the slot instead of just yeah. you know put the Drop puck on the was- damn net. Um, so those both those things will still happen. But I, I think this team is actually playing its best playoff-style hockey. I like that Bill Guerin said if you stacked up this team versus last year's team, that this team would beat last year's team. Um, it's not a sexy game. It's not the five-on-five scoring that was so good for them last year. It's a different style, and I think it translates to playoff hockey. And I, I feel like they have, they can play a system that can win some playoff games and potentially even make a run in the Western Conference. Ooh. Now, uh, Jesse, on Eck, uh, yeah. I'd be curious what you've heard. I've, I have heard that he does have a fracture or a, a broken foot. Uh, he's trying to skate, and basically he can play through it, but if he does, it's going to be with a ton of pain, which then leads to the question, how well is he going to play? Is that along the same lines of what, what you've heard from me? It's practice? not his foot. It is above his foot. It's kind of up higher on his calf muscle there. It's, it mm. probably is like a fracture or some weird muscle thing. I was speaking with Wes Walls yesterday, and both of us were there watching X skate ahead of practice. His turns look great. I mean, the way that he is moving with power is very, very promising. The concern is how that translates into the actual in-game style, right? It's still so much harder to make those turns while you're in-game. But, yeah, I think it really comes down to how how much pain are you in? Are you injured or are you hurt? You know, I think that's the difference. And I think a guy like Jules Erickson, especially depending on how this series goes, will absolutely play through it because I don't know that he can necessarily – hurt it a whole lot more it's one of those things that just needs the time to heal from my understanding but he's a he's a game changer I think Dex is absolutely right he is pivotal in this series in particular but moving forward through the playoffs so the sooner you can get him back and even if he's at a 90 percent I'll take a 90 percent Jewel Erickson <laughs> over no Jewel Erickson so yeah. you know hopefully that uh that comes around much sooner and again it sounds like it could be earlier in the series than we originally thought Okay, so if both of you are going to pass on the confidence thing, I will take the low-hanging fruit of this discussion and say that my confidence is in Kirill Kaprizov because despite the fact that his teammates pulled a Houdini disappearing act last season against St. Louis, the dude still had seven goals in six games. Um, He seems to rise to the occasion. He's definitely a focus, and he will be a focus of Dallas, but that doesn't take him off its game completely. And, and I mean, that playoff series against the Blues was one of the few positives, obviously, from the entire team in the fact that he did have seven goals over those six games. So my confidence is that he will not pull a Fiala. He will not pull a disappearing act. And that Kirill Kaprizov, uh, I don't know if he'll get seven again, but I think he'll get his for sure. That seems fair. I mean, yeah, 97. He's, he's still 97, right? Exactly. Well, and I love when we chatted with him ahead of this series the other day after practice. And he was saying last year's last year, like he really is so not focused on anything that happened last year, even the good stuff that he was able to achieve and, and the success that he was able to have. I mean, he knows it's a completely new year, completely new team. And and yeah, I mean, he's, he's still Kirill Kaprizov. I don't think even when he was out with injury and he came right back, he's still Kirill Kaprizov, which right. thank God for the Minnesota wild. <laughs> All right, question number two for the Wild Dallas series. What is your, from confidence to another C-word, concern? What is your biggest concern, Dex, we'll start with you, uh, about the Wild in this series? You know, it's funny because uh, the the bread and butter of the Wild is, is obviously its defense. It's been like the same core of defenders for almost the last 10 years, it feels like, with Spurgeon and Brodeen and Dumba and whatnot. But 
I think the back end, just how everything fits in defensively there. So obviously Brock Faber made a nice impression, but still he's only going to have what one NHL game under his belt uh, before he or two, one or two NHL games before he starts playoffs here. John Klingberg hurt himself in practice, but is it a phantom like injury? Is it more of a healthy scratch situation? Can you rely on John Merrill to play 14 minutes a night? Uh, you know, Spurgeon's going to play like 24 minutes basically in this series. So is Brodeen. Um, and I like Jake Middleton too, but just how all these defenders can hold up because now that you've played nine months of hockey and you're nicked and you're bruised and, you know, X might be dealing with a broken or with a broken foot, but you have so many players who are just beat up and sore as hell. As much as the defenders are, it's bread and butter. And that's how the Wild have usually have won their games. Can, do they have enough left in the gas tank basically to make life easy on their goaltenders? Not, you know, putting the stars in situations where they're scoring easy goals. I know it sounds weird to say, do I have, qu- I have questions about how this team plays defensively, but just mm-hmm. it, it's a it's a grind, right? I mean, it's uh, as Judd always says, it's it's a sacrifice to get to the uh, get to the Stanley Cup. So I, I just I have questions. I think just on the back end of the defensive pairs. Okay, Jesse? I'm I mean that was actually going to be mine too. There have been warts on these defensive pairings a little bit, and they really showed down the stretch, I think, when Minnesota struggled at the end of the regular season here. And the reason that's even a bigger concern is because of your opponent. Dallas has 175 five-on-five goals, which was 14th in the league, 281 goals in total. They have weapons on every single line right now, and you need every single deep pairing to be up to snuff. I, The John Klingberg, I know defensively he is not great, but still he has so much offensive upside that I need him in and not John Merrill. I need John Merrill hanging out with us in the press box because he defensively is not good. Like it's just <laughs> not good. I don't have another way to put it, but not to keep harping on what, what Dex said. My other concern is obviously center without Jules Eric's neck. You don't have a top line centerman. And yes, he didn't play on that quote unquote top line, but he's your number one center without question. Um, and Dallas is very strong up the middle. Even their 19 year old Wyatt Johnson has been absolutely crushing it as a centerman. And they've got so many different, weapons and and things in the holster that it's it's not great i mean we saw them during the regular season the stars destroying the wild in the face-off circle that's just going to continue to happen until you get some better centermen in there so between defense and center position it's it worries me it definitely worries me yeah and go, going back to your secondary point there jess center uh face-offs dallas number one in the league minnesota number 26 so like with that, and and that's without Eck, who I don't think is a great faceoff man, no. but he's their best faceoff man. And like you go down the list of guys who have taken draws, and the first center for the the Wild is down the list. Mm-hmm. Like its wings did did okay, and it's you know small sample sizes. Okay, so if you guys are going to go with that, I'm going to go with special teams. Special teams concerns me huge. Here's why: Dallas on the power play fifth, twenty five percent. The Wild has fallen to fifteenth, twenty one. And now the net front presence of Eck is gone, at least for now. Penalty kill. Dallas is third, 83.5%. The Wilds, 10th, 82%. But um, this is a, and I'm sure it'll be harped on, and it's a cliche. This is a stay out of the box series, though. If you're you're the Wild, and this goes back to what you're saying, Jess, too, with all of the potent players that Dallas has, because they have some elite high-end talent, if you're killing penalties, I think you're in huge trouble. So my biggest concern is special teams and the ability uh, to keep it five on five as much as possible so that you can play your style as opposed to having to try to work around Dallas having the man advantage. 
I yeah. completely agree. Yeah, the the special teams, you know, when you go 0 for 5 in a playoff or uh, in a regular season game, right, uh, against, you know, pick whoever it is, Seattle or, or whoever, I mean, that's an issue, and you certainly want to see them capitalize on power plays, but you're only going to get so many in the playoffs. So you can't really have the offers, right? You can't really have the five opportunities and you're not cashing in. And especially if the refs are calling things and you're not taking advantage of those. And the stars just have lethal playmakers. There's a reason why their power play is pretty damn good. So you can't give them too many opportunities. And if you're the wild, you you have to convert. Like you you have to walk away with a power play goal each game. Because so if, if you go for offers and, and, and playoff hockey, when it's a one-two goal situation, you can't, uh, you can't let those opportunities slip away. And I will be interested to see how the Minnesota Wild PK does. They have been so aggressive, 14 shorthanded goals. And when you are going up against such a potent power play, how does that change? We actually asked Dean Evson that yesterday post-practice, and he said they're going to keep playing how the Minnesota Wild do. One of his favorite cliches, one of his favorite things to tell us all the time. But I do wonder, I mean, you have to be smart about it. And yes, I think the PK has been very successful on getting those shorthanded goals. But you have to be very, very smart and very, very careful when you're going to be that aggressive against such a hot power play like the Stars have. Absolutely. All right, the next one, potential hero. And I forget if I put this in your your notes, but I did say outside of Kaprizov because obviously, um, as I said, I expect him to play well. Who is your potential wild hero uh, if we take Kirill Kaprizov off the table? Jesse. It's got to be Matt Boldy. Come on, guys. We love us some number 12 here. Um, no, I mean, I think he certainly has stepped up. You look at what he was able to accomplish in Kirill Kaprizov's absence. He's got that confidence heading in. As we've mentioned on the show before, I don't think he'll disappear like Kevin Fiala has done in the playoffs. I think he's just going to continue to keep getting better and better. Marcus Johansson, obviously, okay to go. So that certainly helps. Um, and I think there is some chemistry there with Freddie Goudreau at center. So I think Matt Boldy is going to get you some heroics like you saw him do time and time again this year, scoring with zero seconds left in overtime. I'm here for it. Give me some good Matt Boldy. He is going to be a hero at least once in the series. And that's going to be huge because if he's not, they won't win. Right. Um, because Kaprizov, look, Kaprizov's going to get the attention, right? So, like, Matt has to – Matt, I don't think he can continue at the ridiculous pace he was at in the month of March – but, I mean, he's going to have to continue to score goals on, on a consistent basis. In the playoffs, in the six games against the Blues last spring, he had one goal, and that's it. So, and I understand that this is a different player, but it is a player who went scoreless in the month of February. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is, I, I think you're right. Matt Boldy is going to have to give them something in every single game. Like, there can't be, how can I put this nicely, Carl Anthony Towns Knights. <laughs> How how about that? There can't be, well, I disappeared tonight, but I'll see you tomorrow night. Like, like you're right. He is going to have to, um, as the kids say, step up on a nightly basis here if they're going to make a run at all in the playoffs. So I'll, I'll go with someone who you said just uh, in, in that rant a little bit, Jess, but I'm going to go with Frederick Goudreau. So Dean loves him, right? He He's Dean Jr. There's a reason they just extended the guy to, to, a, to a five-year contract. Um, I think he's going to put himself in positions, especially with Eck, um, maybe – you know, up and down out of the lineup if he's not able to play or what if his foot is kind of, you know, stop him from doing the things he does. Is it Frederick Goudreau, the one that steps up and is the one who gets into those greasy areas and can score some big time goals? You know, and we like to compare things, obviously, in Minnesota sports. And is he kind of your West Walls in this playoff series when they went on their Western Conference run, right? He's going to do a lot of dirty things. He's going to be an agitator uh, against a Dallas Star team who is super deep down the middle. So, 
Can he put himself in situations, even though he's going to have much more defensive responsibilities, he might not get all the glory with goals and whatnot, but I think he might be the unexpected hero in this series. I could see that. Yeah. Like, and, and, but uh, to, to go back to what you said at the top of the show, Dex, I think the important thing too, is does he play like Goudreau or does, right. he, or do, do we start to see him cross the blue line and make a drop pass? Mm-hmm. Like he has to know, cause he is not, um, and I, it's not that I think that Eck is like this highly, highly skilled player, but Erickson Eck brings something that goes beyond like what Goudreau can do, Jesse. So I think Declan's right, but if he starts to try to create, and that's sort of the fine line, right? Like he's got to play like that third line complete grinder and almost ignore the guys around him and just compliment as opposed to try and he can't sit at the cool kid's table. <laughs> I agree. Well, that's my one he concern with it. Like. I'm so intrigued because in Jules Eriksnek is irreplaceable in so many of the facets that he does. It's just th- his tenacity, the way he looks at a player and wants people want to punch him. You know, like he brings that out of the worst out of the opposition. Freddie Goudreau doesn't do any of that. Like I, I just, it's so hard. And I, you're right, Dex. He has to be able to change his game and he's a professional hockey player. He knows what his role now is when uh, Jules Eriksnek is out. But I just, I have such a hard time picturing him in any way playing like Jules Eriksnek and and again I know you can't replace him but Freddie Goudreau is going to have to change his style and to me he just seems like your perfect little Frenchman right you're just <laughs> oh well I'm just going to skate around and I'm going to do this and... <laughs> Pepe Le Pew? yeah something like that um but that's where it's like I struggle with it because it's like you do you need him to bring a physical presence because Matt Boldy and Marcus Johansson aren't necessarily it either and he needs to be that guy and I just I have such a hard time seeing it so I, I took uh, Kaprizov off. I'm, I'm also going to take, because I've got it written down, but I'm also going to take uh, um, Philip Gustafson off as well, because, I mean, goaltenders are going to need, need to play well. If they don't, they'll just lose. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with a complete dark horse. The third guy I've got written on my notepad here is Gustav Nyquist, okay? Ooh. Hear me out. Okay. Hear me out. Okay. The last playoff game that Nyquist played in um, was for San Jose against the Abs. April 26th of 2019, Um, the, the, no, I'm sorry, the last goal. He has, that's 22 games. The last playoff game he played in was 2020. So he has not had a playoff goal since 2019. But I actually think he's going to get a pretty good chance to play here, health provided. And I also think he brings a veteran presence, but but an ability to score. I think that Gustav Nyquist could, uh, potentially step up up here like and the playoffs are weird because there's always somebody who steps up that you don't really see coming right like there's always somebody now now the other guy i thought about because he had such a good year last season he's been so disappointing and much to jesse's chagrin he won't be scratched felino like i could see him scoring a goal or two or something weird but i'm gonna go nyquist he's been there he's been around for a long time he hasn't played you know, or before he played, what, three games or five games at the end of the season, he hadn't played for months, um, but he looked pretty good. So my that's my potential hero, Gustav Nyquist. I don't know if I'll be right or not. Um, all right, let's move on to the GOAT, the potential GOAT of the series. For the Minnesota Wild, there are quite a few uh, potential choices. I believe, Dex, it's your turn to start. Who is your potential GOAT? Yeah, I'll go with uh, I'll just go with goaltending here. I I, I think mm. it's goaltending. 
Um, whether it's the tandem of both Flurry and and obviously Nike, uh, not Nyquist, oh my gosh, Gustafson, um, whatever the handcuff situation is, or one of them ends up playing more, I think I'm just I'm confident in the Wilds goaltending for like the first time in a long time. And Dallas also has a pretty good net miner, Jake Ottinger too. So he's certainly not a slappy. I think the Wild had a better goaltending advantage last year going into the St. Louis Blues series, and all of a sudden it's Jordan Binnington coming in in Game Three and basically stealing the series for St. Louis. Um, but I feel a lot better about the Wilds goaltending here going forward. And, and it's weird because both goalies, as we've watched, are polar opposites in their style. Fleury likes to be dramatic and get out of his crease and flash his glove. And, you know, Nyqu- uh, I keep calling him Nyquist. God, Gustafson. I don't know why. I <laughs> I'm think, in your head. Yeah, I'm Gustav in your head. <laughs> and 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 Gustafson is now both in, both locked in my brain here. Uh, they both call each other. They're both Gus, too. Yeah, they're both Gus. I told Gustav Nyquist, I was like, do you want to be Gus? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, you can't be. He's like, I know. There's two Gus's now. I will just call I both you asked Gus. Him. I did. I did ask him. I was like, I don't like this. I'll just say Gus for both, and now you don't know if I'm talking about Nyquist or Gustafson. <laughs> no, um, you don't want to say Gus and Bus. Gus and Bus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the Gus Bus parks himself, for the lack of a better word, right in front of the net, and good luck just trying to get a puck by him. So... I, I think both goalies can hold their own um, in this series, and the Wild aren't aren't going to be in a similar situation last year where they're giving it to Talbot or giving it to the wrong guy with, you know, towards the end of the series. I think this will be all done in in, in due conscience and whatnot. So I, I I trust the Wild's goaltending. I think it's to be their best asset going forward. I mean, since Dex went ahead and stole mine once again because I was uh, all on the Gus Bus goaltending train, see, got, I will go. I've got names written down. Look, at this is a whole sheet of oh, potential goats. There's there's a lot. I'm I've had go nothing rolling. to do you for know, three yes. days. I've done nothing but sit there <laughs> that and shocks me. doodle with notes. Okay. That's all right. 97. Obviously, right? Obviously. And again, that's not because of his offensive capabilities, the way he moves the puck, the way he glides around, the way he can cycle, all of that. His physical presence, too, just continues to astound me. The way, I mean, you don't see players that are as skilled and as talented as him still getting into the dirty areas, still being gritty. To quote the Minnesota Wild slogan, grit first. I mean, Kirill Kaprizov embodies everything you want in an elite hockey player. Again, it's just, you love to see it. Um, And he's hungry, right? Like, he's not a guy that likes to lose. And he's not a guy that likes to sit out. Now that he's back, I mean, you can tell he is just going to do everything he possibly can to make sure that this team is successful. And again, that's going to be a challenge. You've got, you're going to put your best defenseman on him. He's going to have to really prove himself and, and just not let up. But I think he's going to do it because he's Kirill Kaprizov, Kirill the thrill, dollar dollar bill, give it to me. I want a ton of goals from Kirill this series. There is no question that the next thing that the wild team produces again, that will make it just like the last thing. So <laughs> very, very good. Laid out to get that sound in there. <laughs> okay, mine. I'm going to go potential goat. I'm going to go off the uh, off the ice. I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the head coach, Dean Evason. Oh wow! Wow! Look at you. And, and here's why. So I sat down this weekend to write a piece for for our friends at Minnesota Hockey about Dean's lack of playoff success thus far, which is three appearances. It's you know, it's not a ton. It's three though, and. I looked into it more and more, and I realized um, if the Wild, as a team, which hasn't won a uh, playoff series since 2015, has to exercise demons, then Dean Evason does as well, and it's independent of this team. It's not those three. In four playoff appearances as the head coach of the AHL Milwaukee Admirals, the top affiliate of the Nashville Predators, Dean Evason was 1-12 and never won a playoff series. So I decided to look at his junior record. 
Western Hockey League, three different teams. He uh, he was with Cam Loops, the Blazers. He then went to two years of with the Vancouver Giants, and then was co-coach for one year of the Calgary Hitmen with Kelly Kissio. Um, in all six years that he coached, he made the playoffs. He won exactly two first-round playoff series. In other words, Dean Evason in, what, three, seven, 13 playoff appearances has won two series, which is not the best combination with a team that struggles to win playoff series. Uh, there's a lot, though, in my opinion, that goes into coaching in, in the, the playoffs. And I think this notion that, well, I mean, the players just play. Like we saw with Berube last year, um, the poster child is Jacques Lemaire 2003. Go back and watch what he did. It was incredible. Like he was pulling strings. Jacques Lemaire is a massive reason why the Wild got through not one but two series back then. So coaching becomes very important. And I think coaching is going to be, if the Wild goes out fairly easily here, I'm not saying Dean's in trouble, but it's going to be a, a Billy's going to have a decision to make on what he's seen. Like this series, this series needs to, uh, you know, if everybody lets the team down, that's one thing. But if it comes back to goaltending change, not made quick enough. Oh, I had to play John Merrill. He's my guy. Oh, I couldn't juggle that line. I don't do that. Like, like I, Dean seems like a very nice guy and he's a hell of a gritty player and that's all great. But at some point in time, you know, what we saw last spring was concerning. And if that continues, it's it's doubly concerning because at some point in time this has to end and i'm already get, getting tweets about well it's all gravy now you know feel good about what they've done they're going to make they they've made the playoffs it's not so their window yet no it's not no and, and and there's no rule that says you can't win it. this is a 2-3 like this is not a 1-8 this is a 2-3 so uh i think that the potential goat if he does not do a very good job Dean Evison, your thoughts. I like it. I mean, I, I think you're right. Dean does have to prove himself. And I think he's very aware, or at least it seems to us in the conversations we've had leading up to the playoffs, he's aware he did the wrong things last year. He's admitted to that. He told us even again yesterday, we didn't make the right calls. We didn't do the right things as far as the lineup goes. So I think that accountability is huge. I think he recognizes that there needs to be coaching involved in the playoffs it's not just the players that need to go out there and perform you need to make these decisions too and I don't think Dean's ever scared of making them so I'm not sure what the hesitancy was last year or why he thought maybe he just figured they could put on their bootstraps and pull themselves out of a series deficit which obviously not able to do or maybe they got two lackadaisical whatever it is I don't think you're going to see that Dean this year I think you're absolutely going to see a Dean that responds to Pete DeBoer Pete DeBoer is a coach that has been here before has had more success too. So he's going to have to really coach against a very successful and achieved coach in Pete DeBoer. So I'm excited to see it. I like it. Goat is a little strong for me, Judd. I'll give you that, but it's out there. And you know what? I'm all here. I'm all here for the out there takes. Amen. Yeah. He, he has to pull the right strings here. Um, now this is playoff series number three in a row uh, for, for Dean Evason. And, you know, he's been to a seven game series with Vegas. They went six last year at St. Louis and, as people like to use sample sizes and, you know, small sample size. Well, now we have enough here. Like we're going to, we're going to figure out in this first round series, how much Dean Evason is going to be the coach here long-term. I mean, I'm, he's not going to get fired uh, most likely outside of this playoff series, unless they just get completely waxed. I don't, I don't see even that happening, but his future rides a lot on how this team performs going forward and into the future after that. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Before we get to the prediction, give me one more. Give me a bold prediction. So n- not not how this is going to, to end. We'll get to that next. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jesse, give me a bold prediction of one thing that you see happening that nobody else sees. Brock Faber scores his first career goal in the playoffs. I mean, he's going to do it in St. Paul. He's going to play in game three. Ooh, he's going to do it me. in St. Paul. I'm going very strong on that. Love it. You want good things happening to good people. And Brock Faber is a good person. I love this opportunity for him. And not even that. I didn't like his second game as much as his first game, but I still love what he can provide. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, there are warts on the defense that can be fixed, and why not have Brock Faber go in there and play out of his mind? He's going to score in St. Paul. Crowd's going to go nuts. My story's going to be so easily written that evening. If he plays with Klingberg, who's on the uh, who's on the right side? Who's on the left? Faber's side? on the right. Klingberg's on the left. Oh, okay. All right. Does that concern you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, or that we, was a we big don't like exhale. This? Yeah, yeah, Faber. Um, they're doing it oh. because Klingberg has more experience, but Klingberg is. Uh, Faber plays a very clean Brodine-esque type of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would make him transition, and and I did I did check insiding done told by my sources he did play some left side at the U. Um, I don't want to ask in any more of Klingberg than the Flingberg. <laughs> I just want the fling the 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 Kling fling is all I want from him. I don't want to ask him to do anything else. That's just my feeling. Mm. All right, my uh, hottest take, if you will, going in this series is Ryan Reeves scores a game-winning goal. Oh, nice. yes. I, th- I think Ryan Reeves puts himself in the right position, whether this is overtime or you know clinches a clinches a game-winning goal, whatever the GWG stands for. Basically, at the end of it, in in the box score, Ryan Reeves. He, you know, someone always shows up randomly in in these playoff games, and I'm going to go with Rebo. He's going to be throwing his weight around. I love uh, how classic Minnesotans who uh, loathed him against the Vegas Golden Knights and thought he was a complete clown show are like, oh, yeah, now we love Ryan Reeves. Isn't that funny how that works? He's on your team, and now you think he's great. I think Ryan Reeves uh, shows up big time and gets a game-winning goal. Like it. I do. I, he's going to have to swat it in, you know, like, and he's going to have fine. to go hit a local rink-up before he does it to get chirped by a bunch of 10-year-olds to tell him he can't score, and then he, he tends to roll. And if the game's on TNT... You're guaranteed a Ryan yeah. Reeves goal as well, I think, right? And you know what? At the age of ten, I wouldn't have been chirping Ryan Reeves. <laughs> no, like, like if you pissed him off, he he could destroy me, and I'm 53 and, and old. I can only I, I I'd be like, Mr. Reeves, how are you? Yes. Good luck tonight. Did good you see tonight. Brock Faber chirp Ryan Reeves and immediately back down? No, but good on for video, him. Faber was like, 
yeah, Revo's not as tough as he thinks he is. And Reeves is off camera and he goes, you better hope I resign here next year. And he's like, yeah, maybe I take that one back. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. 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 Brock, young Brock. Don't yeah. get too confident. <laughs> so you, you guys both have, um, have uplifting ones. So here's my, of course, here's my bold prediction. Cause I, here's, here's the thing. I think Dean is going to make in series adjustments partially because he didn't last year. I'm also going to wonder if Billy's going to be a little bit more hands-on because like behind the scenes personnel folks always talk. Like it's not like it's this, all the coach coaches, that's the biggest bunch of BS. Um, So I'm going to make this bold prediction. Marcus Foligno gets scratched in the game for Oscar Sundquist. So they do it. Oscar Sundquist has cups. He's got a cup background. He's got a play, he's ton, played in a ton of playoff games. And, and I was breaking down the lines after Jesse tweeted him out on Sunday. And there's not a lot of places that Sunquist can slot in. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could slot in fourth line, but I don't think you're going to break up that fourth line. I think that no. fourth line's fine and it serves a purpose. Like it's a very specialized type of line. So the one place that Sunquist would fit is Felino's spot. And and what more, what better example of the ultimate sacrifice, putting yourself aside and, and putting team first than to not moan and complain about that move. And Dean knows he can count on Felino. Sunquist deserves to play. Like there's not he didn't do one thing that I saw where I'm like, he shouldn't play. Mm-hmm. So I think we get a game in which Marcus Felino pays the ultimate hockey sacrifice of sitting in the press box. Uh, one, so Sunquist can play. But two, because the message there, everybody in. Everybody in the boat. Mm-hmm. Nobody goes astray. All right. I hope was... you get chirped as hard as I did for that take there, <laughs> just so just so we're clear. Jesse, you <laughs> should have seen my Twitter mentions this weekend <laughs> off some Wolves stuff I put out. I was, I literally was under attack the entire weekend. It's a fair, I think it's a good trade. Sunquist was a huge reason that the Blues won that Stanley Cup, if not the top. So give it it a go. I like it. All right, Dex, we're going to start with you. Final thing. Give me your series prediction. Wild and seven. Wild and seven. Uh, I think the Wild are able to get by Dallas. I think they get their first playoff series win in like seven years, essentially. It snaps this long streak. It'll be a grind to do it. Dallas is a really good team. Uh, the Wild are battling some injuries, and you know they're not as hot as Dallas is right now after they've basically ran the table that Dallas that is uh, towards the last month of the season to put themselves to give themselves home ice. But I think the Wild win this series, and they win it in seven games. Jesse, God damn it, Dex! Seven games, <laughs> Wild win. That's what I was predicting as well. I think it's going to go to seven because I do think that Minnesota has a better swag about them heading forward. They weren't as hot. They had to go through so much adversity this year compared to last year that that's going to bode incredibly well for them. They're not going to get down on themselves if they go down to zero. They're not going to get too high on themselves if they're up to zero in the series. I mean, it's going to be a challenge. Dallas is good. They are on a six-game win streak heading in. They're 10-2-1 and one in their past 13, and Minnesota not as hot coming out of the regular season. Dallas has all these key players, Miro Heiskanen, Jake Ottinger, Jason Robertson, Wyatt Johnson, Jamie Ben playing like Jamie Ben of five years ago. I mean, everything for Dallas is looking good, but I think Minnesota has the mentality and the grit 
love keep using that slogan because I know how many people hated it. But uh, the crit first mentality, it's, it's true. I yeah. think that's going to bode well. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a fun seven-game series. It's going to be close, but Minnesota will advance to the second round for the first time since 2015 in uh, in seven games here. So Declan has the Wild in seven. Jesse, the Wild in seven. I, of course, am going to agree with them and say it's time to end the drought. It's time to end the drought, and I'm tired of already the excuses. Well, the the uh, you know what? If Bill Guerin doesn't make the excuses himself, why are, why is anyone? And I'm not saying the entire uh, fan base because it's not. But why is anyone making excuses? This team is built to play in the playoffs. And what Dean says is cliche, but he's exactly right. If they play the frustrating style, and and I and I mean this. Be prepared, if the Wild is playing well, to be bored. Mm-hmm. Be prepared to be bored and embrace it. If I hear anyone complain, this is 2003. If you're going to make a run, you're going to have to slow teams down. And if you try and beyond the guy that wears 97, if you try to play it with a Dallas or hell, an Avs first line, you're going to get run out of the building. Um, so you know what? Goaltending, Gustafson has to start, but goaltending has to be huge. Everyone on defense has to step up and play well. Um, and the forwards have to be gritty. They have to. It's not going to be pretty. Um, oh, and by the way, Matt Zuccarello, mix in a freaking goal, please. <laughs> Matt Zuccarello, I didn't mention him, but my God, I was looking up the numbers yesterday. Yeah. Um, um, and that's the other move, too, is Dean, listen to me and listen to me good. If Zuccarello's not playing well, you got to get him off the Kaprizov line. Yes. And I don't want to hear anyone whine and moan and complain. He's got to come off that line. This is not a God-given right to be on that line because you, because Kirill babysits your kid, okay? This is the bleeping playoffs. I'm fired up. True. I like it. Do you know Matt Zuccarello has a flipper? Fun fact. Found that out yesterday. A what? He has a flipper. He's missing his front teeth. Oh, Never really? Hear that about him. Yeah. Ugh. No. In fact, just take that with you. Take that in with you. Yeah. Thank you very Do much. You will. You're welcome. Uh, I don't like that. Well, you know what? <laughs> I know. It's he, very weird. He he can be spending plenty of time with his flipper in the press box at his current rate, okay? Because I need more. I Come on, dude. Final thoughts before we go. Uh, just, a, just excited to watch some playoff hockey here. I mean, it's the third year in a row we get, get to watch it. And, yes, I want to see the Wild actually get by the damn first round. That's that's. Just for once, win a god, win a gosh dang playoff series for once without forcing me to swear on this podcast. That's that's what mm-hmm. I want to see. Win a playoff. Series. I have I have been covering this team since 2017, so I've yet to see a second round. I would love to experience that. I would just love to see what that might be like. It sounds really fun. I've heard good things uh, of of teams past, and I would like to experience that. Playoff runs are great. All right, Declan. Take us home, and uh, we'll, we'll be back with Jesse at some point in time soon, I'm sure, to discuss the playoff series against Dallas. Yeah, hit the subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. Judd's Hawk Show will be live after every game uh, throughout this playoff run. Hopefully, yes, I said run, not just the first-round series. Uh, we'll be bringing you on. We'll have some takes on it. Judd will be live from the X when there's home games in St. Paul as well. So if you want to join the show, let us know. Uh, we'd love to, be, uh, love to hear from as many Wild fans as possible. And we'll be talking to you after each game. Pass, shoot, score.